honor, honor. And uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 10, and it's in the NIV, it says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. In the Message Bible, it says, Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. <laughs> Practice playing second fiddle. Well, honor in the Old Testament meant, meant something heavy or weighty. It is a word also translated as glory. So it suggests that the magnitude or the greatness of someone, the magnitude or the greatness of someone is or something especially the glory of God. So it is, it is like when people who are held in honor or that we are honoring someone or that we carry the badge of honor, it is weighty or it is heavy because in a sense that we are giving it away. We are sharing it with those around us. In the New Testament, the Greek word for honor meant to value highly, to esteem, or not to take lightly. That's where we come up with, or as the Romans chapter 12, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honor one another above yourself. So it doesn't mean that we are self-abased doormats. It is that we esteem other people. We honor them. We give honor to whom honor is due. So it is this deeply relational experience that we have with life and with people. And it reflects how people in a society, people in a group, people in a community relate to one another and relate to God. So as we honor one another, we are paying tribute to them. We are giving honor to them. Now, uh, we went to a uh, movie this week. I know years ago it was a sin for me to go to movies, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I remember when I was a kid growing up, it was sinful, and we went to, I went to see, um, oh, what was that movie? Well Left by Mind, um, uh, Sound of Music, Sound of Music. I went to see The Sound of Music, and I thought for sure Jesus was going to come and I was going to go to hell for watching the movie, and, uh, <laughs> you know, because we were, we were forbidden to, to go to the movies, you know, um, and I was 16, 17 years old, and I went to a movie, and even when Billy Graham had a, uh, a picture at the movie theater, it was a big discussion whether we should go see it or not, because, well, anyhow, we went to see a movie this week, and it was uh, Les Mis. Now, it has a PG-13, and it's, there's a reason for that, but um, the, the, the movie itself, if you like musicals, You've got to like musicals. You've got to like long musicals. It's almost three hours. Um, it is a tearjerker. You've got to like long musicals that are very emotional. All right? And, uh, but in that, there's a, there's a lot of um, contrast between good and evil. There's a lot of contrast in, in good and evil. And one of the characters, the main character in the movie, um, he, is, he is in prison for 20 years Basically, five years for stealing a loaf of bread and 15 more years for trying to escape. And so, you know, it's a, it's a very unjust time, and he finally is paroled. And as a parolee, you had to carry a piece of paper, and you had to check in every month at the parole officer. 
While this man was very, very bitter, he was an ordinary common man trying to provide for his family, and he couldn't, and so he stole the loaf of bread. And because of that, thrown in prison, and he was very bitter about what had happened to him in his life. And in the sequence, uh, don't worry, I'm not going to tell you the whole movie, just, just his two characters. And the, the, he was very bitter, and a minister helped him out, uh, gave him a meal and took care of him. Well, as he was th- that night, you know, he woke up and everybody's sleeping, so he just packs his bag full of all the silver in, in, the, in the church and takes off. And, um, and the minister had talked to him about forgiveness and so on, but, you know, he was, he was too bitter and so on, so he runs off with the silver. He's caught. He's brought back to the church. And uh, the minister says, oh, no, I gave that all to him. In fact, he took off before I could give him the candlesticks. <laughs> And he put the candlesticks in his bag. And this, this individual in the movie had never experienced that type of forgiveness. And so there's a whole scene where he's going back and forth with, you know, should he go back to his old life and be the, be the thief and the robber? Or should he be committed to something new? And there's a whole series of music of him going back and forth with this, this whole trauma. And finally, he, he um, gives in and becomes... You know, it gives his life to God, and, and it makes a big difference. And it changes to about nine years later. And here he is, a um, mayor of a community. He owns a business, and he's taking care of people and, and all this. But the guard, the guard who watched over him, said, you know, he was, he's been hunting him for nine years because he broke parole. And the guard is an individual that can't accept forgiveness. He, he can't accept change. He can't accept grace. And he, he, every time he catches up with the main character, the main character always gives him forgiveness. He says, I'll go back with you. You're right. I'll go back to prison. But I've got to do these one deeds. And you've got to watch the whole thing if you want to. But it goes back and forth like this. And it's, it's surprising how that when we are confronted with our life, we have two choices. The confrontation is to take on the um, negativity of our life and, and remain there steadfast and not changing as far as, you know, the guard, he, was, he wouldn't change. He couldn't accept grace. He couldn't accept mercy in his life, and he could not accept the grace and the mercy of this other person. And it, it, you see this conflict going on in the movie and, and, uh, or in the, in the play, and it's been around for... I guess it's one of the longest-running plays, uh, except it's the second-longest-running play uh, of all time. But now it's a movie, and if you want to, there it is. But that's just one of the plots. There are many more in the, in the, whole, in the whole scheme of things. But these two are what caught my eye and brought to my attention this idea of honor. And the idea of honor is something that is heavy. And we, in the Old Testament heavy or weighty, so it is a duty in our forgiveness to forgive. See, that doesn't come easy. That's a heavy thing. That's a heavy burden, not necessarily, maybe the wrong word, but it's a heavy, a heaviness that we have to carry that we are going to let people go for their sins, their wrongdoing to us. 
Sometimes that's very difficult. And so if you can imagine this man being imprisoned for 20 years for stealing a loaf of bread, he was a very bitter man. His family's gone, his children are gone, everything is gone. He's a very bitter man. Forgiveness is letting go, honor. That's a heaviness that you have to, that for someone has done this to me. Okay? The scripture, the other scripture I want is Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. Luke chapter 10, 25 to 37. Just then a religious scholar stood up with a question to test Jesus. Teacher, what do I need to do to get eternal life? He answered, well, what's written in God's law? How do you interpret it? He said, well, that you love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and muscle and intelligence, and that you love your neighbor as well as you do yourself. Good answer, said Jesus. Do it and you will live. Looking for a loophole, <laughs> I love people who look for loopholes, uh, it reminds me of some of our politicians, but I won't talk about those, uh, <laughs> unless we digress. Uh, but we know that that's not, not everyone who is a politician looks for loopholes. We all, you know, but anyhow. Do it and you will live. Looking for a loophole, he asked, and just how would you define neighbor? Jesus answered by telling a story. There was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off leaving, the half dead, leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way down to the same road, but when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. Then a Levite religious man showed up. He also avoided the injured man. A Samaritan traveling the road came on him. When he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. He gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him onto his donkey, led him to an inn, made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill. I'll pay you on my way back. What do you think? Which of the three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? The one who treated him kindly. The religious scholar responded, and Jesus said, go and do the same. Honor. Honor is sometimes th thought of as an abstract concept. You know, what does it mean to honor one another? What does it mean to um, have this code of honor? But we see here Jesus made it something that isn't abstract. He made it something that was very much a quality of life very much a quality of which you are honoring someone by taking care of them. That we look at this honor that people have, sometimes it, is, it be, becomes reflective of, well, their our social status. If he was a man worth caring for, then I would have cared for him. That type of wrongness of the honor, that's what the, the religious, the Pharisee who was crying to find the loophole the religious person trying to find a loophole, was looking for a loophole that he would be able to get out of, who is my neighbor. Define that for me. So God can change people, though. And that's the challenge that goes on inside of us. It doesn't necessarily mean that we are completely changed overnight. I gave my life to Jesus, and I go to church, and I'm completely changed. 
but without ever falling or without ever going backwards. It, it happens, but rarely. But most of the time, the change that God brings about in our life is situation by situation by situation by situation by situation. It keeps coming to us in the life that we live and the places that we go, and we find that this honor that God, is, that God has us involved in is an honor that we find in Christ himself even towards us. God can change us, and he changes us from the inside out. You see, the problem, those who were in... Um, God can change people. Problem. Those who were to possess honor did not. That was what we found in the two religious individuals who went across, to the, side, across the other side of the road and left the man half dead. They were supposed to be people of honor, but their actions proved that they were not. Identity depends on our character. And these people were identified as religious leaders, but their character was not something that brought that religious leadership to an elevation where they were willing to care. So it depends on our character and what, say, what sets us apart from others. Are we willing to, and, and in, this, in this case, I, I look at this in, in, in kind of maybe a, a mixed up manner. Um, the person who was beaten and left on the side of the road, what did this make, what kind of change did this bring in his life? Hmm. You see, it challenges us that sometimes we are the ones that are beaten and left on the side of the road. And we challenge us and say, well, you, you need to be the good Samaritan. You, know, you don't want to be the, the two religious individuals. You see, in our life sometimes, <laughs> we are the person who unjustly is unjustly accused, unjustly punished, unjustly beaten, and we find that we, we go there and, and we find this place, perhaps we're waiting on someone to come and help us, and they do, someone may or may not. And as we look at our life in the past, as we look at over our life, has there been one individual who came and rescued you? Who came and as you were beaten, as you were not maybe physically beaten and laying on the side of a road, but emotionally or um, somehow in your life in despair and on the side of the road and the religious people showed up and they, didn't, they weren't people of honor because they walked by. For the man beaten and robbed, the Samaritan saved him made a difference in his life. Is there one man or woman that you've met whose kindness inspired you and saved you? And this person that touched your life, it was just an ordinary person doing an extraordinary act of kindness. Perhaps forgiving. Perhaps finding good showing extraordinary kindness in a very exceptional circumstance, willingness to accept 
us for who we are. And as we have found that place and that person, now we must accept responsibility to change, and that's the honor that is in our life. That we take on that responsibility that someone went out of their way to touch our life and that gave us, they bandaged our wounds and took care of us in a way that put us on the road again and were able to find rest for our soul and rest for our life and a new beginning. And in the, in the movie, the, the guy who was arrested for 20, you know, spent 20 years in prison for stealing a loaf of bread, he found this in this clergyman, this pastor, that didn't press charges against him for stealing silver, but went beyond it and gave him candlesticks. And throughout the play, these candlesticks are always evident in this man's life. Because it was something that spoke to him of life and of change. And I, and I was thinking of, in the context of our own life, what, are the, what individual or what circumstance speaks to us of the change that, has, that came to us at a very difficult time of our life. I wonder if the man on the road, if he had some bandage or some piece of cloth or some, something that reminded him of this good Samaritan. The kindness of others, the kindness of others, leads us to a place of taking on inspiration that changes our life, that we are inspired inside of us that there is good in our society, that there is good in the human race. Taking on kindness, taking on the understanding that we will show to other people, forgive as we have been forgiven. I believe God is at work in our lives to bring influence to us. I believe that God is at work in our life to bring change. The road that leads to being beaten and robbed and left for dead is a common road. We read about it every day in our newspapers. We see it every night in the news that there are victims of violence and victims of shootings and victims of things that shouldn't even happen in our society. And the life that we live has this social conditions that place extraordinary pressure upon people, upon victims. That these families that who their children were killed and shot by this crazy person, that they somehow have to get over this and move on. That life comes at us with these difficulties, these despairs and hopelessness and bitterness and the anger and the injustice. But with God, things that take on, with God, things take on a different perspective. You see, whenever this man is challenging Jesus, you know, what do I have to do? Love God, love your neighbor. Who's my neighbor? Well, what made the difference in this, this story? A Samaritan who was considered lower than dirt had honor in his life 
that he was willing to see the value in a person on the side of the road. And I wonder sometimes if the Samaritan was able to identify with this man because he was a Samaritan. And how that he had been outcast of the society that he was now traveling in. He was the outcast, an outcast in a Jewish society. And he's traveling in, a, in, a, in the Jewish nation. So he knows what it's like to be an outcast. And he knows what it is like to be beaten, perhaps, and, and, and pushed to the side of the road. And whenever he found someone who was along the side of the road, he was moved with compassion to him. He was moved with the honor that he possessed to make a difference in this individual's life. You see, with God, things take on a different perspective. There is a honor, a code, a love for those who are unlovable, a forgiveness that goes to those who don't deserve forgiveness. There is a, something that goes on in our life that is able to transcend what we see and what we feel. With God, things take a different perspective and God comes to us and we see in ourselves our sins and our failures and God doesn't look at those sins and failures and say, David, you're a real messed up person. <laughs> he looks at my sin and my failures and says, David, I know what I put inside of you and these sins and these failures are not what your life is about. My giftings are what your life is about. And my giftings in your life are there for a divine purpose. And these problems, these sins and these failures that come to the surface, they're just to let you know that my giftings are greater than these. That my giftings for your life are greater than any failure that you will ever face in your life. And when I have giftings in you and these circumstances that you find coming to you are not the problem. They're just there as opportunities to bring my giftings out. We see in Christ, we see his love and his compassion. This do in remembrance of me. He doesn't see our sins. He sees a way for their, for their removal. He doesn't see our failures. He sees the opportunity for the giftings to come and become greater than the failures. Forgiveness as, you know, forgiveness, Jesus says, forgive as I have forgiven you. Love as I have loved you. Reflect what I have given to you to the situations of your life. Who knows whether you've come to the kingdom of God for such a time as this. You see, the circumstances of life have brought you to this place where you're at. Take the past life, see it for what it is. Past. <laughs> it's gone. We encounter Christ on the road and our road of life and you see, he binds up the wounds he places you upon his donkey. He gives you his provision. He pays for your lodging. He, pray, he paid the price for our redemption. 
The injustice that was done to the individual is not the circumstances, is not the, the problem. The social injustice of robbery, the social injustice of, of how people who are supposedly to, to take care of individuals don't. It isn't the injustice that is here. It's the honor of the individual who cared. You wonder sometimes, the crime that we committed is the crime of walking on the road where the robbers were. What was the crime of those children? None. They were in a room in school like normal. They had no crime. But yet there was an injustice. What crime did Jesus commit that he must come and die for us? None. You see, there is an injustice that, that is there, and sometimes what happens to us in life isn't something that we can put our finger on and say, David, you did this wrong. That's why this has happened. <laughs> it used to be a, a, um, a, an old thing that happened you know, in the Old Testament you know, it, it, when Job and his problems, and he says, well, you know, his friends come to him, Job, you've got to have done something wrong or this, these problems wouldn't be here. And Job says, no, that's not right. I, I, my encounter, my understanding of God is this. And Job had nothing to read. He had no, no scripts to read. He had only his relational experience with, with God to draw upon. And from that relational experience he had with God, he was able to look at his friends and go against everything that society and everything that they as religious individuals would say. And he said, that's not right. Because God is not that way. And he's, when we come to this place in our life, we find that God is here. It isn't the crimes that we have done, whether we've done them or haven't done them, whether we are unjustly uh, accused by unjust people. See, the robbers, the victims, the Samaritan, the injustice. I look at this story of the Good Samaritan. It's really the honor that the Samaritan has that he recognizes the value of someone who is hurting. And this individual who is hurting, will he now change to become like the Samaritan? The man wounded and robbed and left by the side of the road. What will he become? Will he become angry because the religious people that he trusted in didn't come through? Or will he become like the Samaritan who recognized the value of another person, the honor that he had? Sometimes we are the one left by the side of the road. <laughs> Sometimes we are that individual. The grace, the mercy, the help, the care that is received is now given. I was the victim. Now I am the good Samaritan. <laughs> I was the victim, but now I am the good Samaritan. What has happened? Someone has brought grace and mercy into my life, and I have changed. And every one of us have that individual. Every one of us has someone who has brought good into our life, 
And that goodness is something that we reflect. Whether it is an individual that we can look at and call them by name, or whether it is Jesus Christ himself who has shown up in our life and touched our life in a very real way that has changed us from the inside out. The grace and the mercy, the help and the care that we receive is a gift to us because of honor that we have found. The events that surround our life, perhaps beaten, robbed, left alongside the road for dead. The events, are they simply to open the door for the potential for good that is inside of us? This is the, I think this is the challenge of this, this passage. That no matter what happens to us, the giftings that God has placed inside of us need to come out. And what, what has to happen? What will trigger the opening of the door for us to change? What will trigger those giftings coming to the surface? What will cause all of that good that God has put inside of us to finally be opened up and be the overcoming person that I need to be? Is it these difficulties that we face? Will we lay by the side of the road and curse the religious individuals? Or we recognize the good Samaritan who has saw the honor and the good in our life and, by, and gave us the care that we needed in our hurting place. That's where we find ourselves. Godly qualities. You see, godly qualities will help us direct the expression of hope that is found in devastating places. That the godly qualities, the, God, the qualities of forgiveness, the qualities of love, the qualities of grace and mercy will, will change the devastating places in our life. When we respond to them with those qualities, we will find God working through us. We will find the honor that God has in himself and in us. <laughs> Would we be able to fulfill our potential, fulfill our destiny, fulfill our calling if we didn't have those roadside experiences the roadside experiences where we are either the one on the side of the road or we are the one finding someone on the side of the road it isn't the unjust things brought by unjust people it is the grace and the mercy the honor that God has for us that touches our lives and makes a difference in this life and in eternity. It is God who has given us the privilege of to love one another is to see the face of God. <laughs> to love one another is to see the face of God. Who is my neighbor? It is not a loophole. It is a declaration that people who are in need receive God's gifts through me.
And if I am in need, God will be my provision to meet my need. Who is my neighbor? (laughs) Who is my neighbor? It's not a loophole. It's others. And it isn't something that I'm going to be able to look at and say, you know, I have finally arrived. I've put somebody on my donkey and I have paid for them to stay the night. (laughs) It isn't that. It's more than that. It's the honor that, and guess what? The honor that we find in God is the honor that God had in each of his creations. And the honor of God, the value that he sees, is placed in each one of us. The the honor that we have for him and all of the majesty that God is, God has placed that in each one of us. And the circumstances and the unjustness of our society and of life and of people can never cancel out the greatness and the giftings that God has placed in us. And these circumstances simply open the door for the greater giftings to come out and deal with it, to deal with the blessings of life. So let us face forgiveness for what it is, God's gift to us. Shall we stand? This do in remembrance of me. God honored his creation. He honored us so much that he died for us. That's the honor that he, you know, in in a way, we are the ones laid on the side of the road in our sin and in our lostness. And Jesus walks down the road and he touches our life raises us up, changes us from the inside out. He honors us, the value that he sees in us by his touch upon our life. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you have made a difference. Thank you, Lord, that you have made a difference in us. That, Lord, we are changed from the inside out. That, Lord, all of the difficulties are just simply opportunities, the openings of doors to bring out the giftings that are already there inside of us. So Lord, help us to see the greatness that you have in us and help us, Lord, to unlock that potential in others. In whatever we may see and whatever we may do, God, may we give your blessing and give your honor and your grace and your mercy, we pray. Bless this day. Bless our lives, our families, Bless our tomorrows, Lord, and the events that come and go in our life. Let your hand be upon them, your wisdom and understanding in our life, that we may see the opportunities that lie in each situation. God, we thank you for your touch upon our life. We thank you for your love that makes a difference in us. (laughs) To love another is to see the face of God. May we see your face in everyone we touch. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.
God bless you.